0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for the Monday edition this week, uh, beginning of week nine. Of course, with it being a Monday show, that means I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. For those of you that are college students, this week is finals week for me, so that's exciting, getting another semester done. Uh, along with that, I have a interview this week for medical school so it's going to be busy but it's it's going to be nice to have this uh have this week done a lot of stresses will be relieved
0: It's good to hear yeah definitely a lot of yeah. college students can relate as a recently graduated student myself i find it odd to be so relaxed comparatively at this time <laughs> of year you know usually i'm a little more stressed around this time of year but um yeah, I myself recently got back into playing uh, 2K11, for those of you uh, fans of 2K, the 2K games. For some reason, even though it's more than 10 years old at this point, 2K11 still holds up. And it's always fun to go back to the, the my career mode in that game. Um, I just came off of a... A career high. Well, actually, those the game before I had 23 points. This is my 11th game in, but
1: anyways, nice.
0: yeah, yeah, moving up there. But regardless, uh, let's go ahead and get into the actual show here. Uh, of course, we're starting with our five on five drill, our five games that we wanted to talk about from the last weekend of action, including one of these games is from Thursday's uh, slate of games simply because we did not have a show on Friday. Uh, so we'll go ahead and start there. Uh, and this was a thriller. We have to talk about it. Uh, the Denver Nuggets win on the road in Portland against the Trailblazers, 121 to 120 um, on some last minute kind of crazy heroics here. Uh, from what I saw, basically, Damian Lillard hit a three to, to put the Blazers up. And you think it's probably a game winning type shot with, you know, just a, a few seconds left. Um, but then Jamal Murray on the other end, he hits a three and ends up winning it for Denver. So it, pretty tight finish. It was close throughout most of that fourth quarter. Um, box score-wise for Portland, of course, Lillard led the way in this one, 40 points, 12 assists. It's great to see him back seemingly full from that uh, those injuries that took him out for a lot of the early games this season. Uh, 21 and 9 boards from Yusuf Nurkic to support Uh, The effort there, along with 18 from Jeremy Grant. Uh, Meanwhile, for Denver, they're a little more well-rounded. Jokic led the way scoring-wise, 33 points, 10 boards, 9 assists. 20 for Aaron Gordon and 21 for Jamal Murray, including, again, of course, that game-winning three-pointer. Wyatt, I don't know if we've had a chance to talk much about Jokic. Of course, he's a guy who's uh, coming into the season defending back-to-back MVP awards. Um, and we'll maybe get a chance to talk about him with our MVP discussion, our weekly MVP. But uh, is there anything that you would want to highlight as far as Jokic or maybe this Denver team as a whole? Cause I feel like we haven't talked a lot about Denver this year.
1: Yeah, we, we haven't. They kind of been under the radar a little bit, you know, the last couple of years it's been them and the jazz at the top of the West uh, for most of the season, but this year they, you know haven't haven't been at the very top like they have been but they're sitting at third right now which is impressive overall yeah. i think the nuggets work really well together as a team i i think they have good ball movement um you know murray is is kind of turning into that real uh, offensive force that, that does a lot of the scoring but i still think they're pretty well balanced uh, as far as typical teams go in mm-hmm. the NBA, and then Jokic is just, you know, incredible, of course. Yeah. You know, he is a center that has some incredible guard skills, you know, as far <laughs> as seeing the floor, passing, and whatnot. Yeah. I think they're a fun team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's for as doughy as he is, if that's the word <laughs> yeah, we want exactly. to use. <laughs> but, no, he is incredible, and it just goes to show you, It you know, it's kind of like to talk about sometimes – i'm sure with all sports the the one that comes to mind sometimes is football you know especially you know with the combine how big of an impact that has with you know football and drafting and stuff like that sometimes you have a guy that doesn't get picked very high because he's not the most athletic doesn't have the fastest 40 time but all he can do is play like a like a wayne Corvette or something like that and i'm going different sport but if we're talking nba Jokic is that type of a guy. I mean, he was a, a second round pick and he's, he's international, you know, he has that good pedigree of playing a, a very team friendly, uh, you know, European style, but he's not very athletic at all. Right. but, but all he can do is play and he plays, a, you know, he, he does most everything. I mean, he's not a tremendous defender, but outside of that, he'll always grab boards because he's a good presence inside uh, he can score on, not on the inside, but outside with some stretchability, and then of course his best aspect is his passing, and he's got to be. I know it's still pretty early, but with back-to-back MVPs, it's hard to say he's not the best passing big man in NBA history. I mean,
1: right? I agree, and yeah. and you know you you've seen the other side of that over and over again. Of course, with a recent one being Zion. A little bit. I mean, he he's playing well this uh season. Typically. But you know, he was drafted uh first, right? Or mm. second and then yeah, first. And then he's just basically been injured all the time since he came in, you know. Like, yeah. You think you're getting this huge asset to the team, incredible athlete, ridiculous vertical and whatnot. And then just he never plays.
0: Right. Well, there is definitely that concern. Um, fortunately, he has been back. Uh, like you said, he you know he's been back and been playing well. The Pelicans have playing been playing especially well. Of course, we'll talk about that with the power rankings. But right. yeah, it goes both ways. You know, you have a lot of high picks like uh, like a Greg Oden, right? Who was yeah. incredibly promising and just you know couldn't stay healthy, especially in his case. Um, so yeah, it, it's just great to see him do what he does. And like you said with Murray, you know being that consistent second option, you know, he had kind of emerged to that point before he had that injury um, about a season or two ago. Mm -hmm. And now that he's getting worked back into the lineup, it really helps Jokic not have to kind of carry the offensive load so much. Um, They're still without Michael Porter jr. He had returned early in the season and then has been in and out of the lineup. Um, He's a guy who early returns As far as, you know, an injury concerned, that's been a bit of a a worry for them. Uh, But Bruce Brown has fit into that lineup well, and they're able to get the win against a a good Portland team. So that's a big win for them. Um, Let's jump to the next day. That was Friday. uh, This last Friday, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers defended home court. They had to go into overtime, but they won against the Los Angeles Lakers, 133 to 122. Uh, headline on MDA's website reads Sixers recover in overtime after a blown lead to beat the Lakers. Um, if you look at that box score, yeah, Philly led big throughout much of that second half. LA managed to tie it to go to overtime, but then Philly regained composure in the overtime. Um, for Los Angeles, Anthony Davis leads the charge again after uh, you know missing a couple games with some some flu-like symptoms. He's back with 31 points, 12 boards, two steals, two blocks in that game. LeBron was solid as well, 23, uh, four boards, six assists. Uh, Austin Reeves had 25 points off the bench. Uh, But, again, Philly won this game, and Bead led the way, 38 points, 12 boards. 28 points and 12 assists from Harden on some okay percentages, uh, and 33 points from DeAnthony Melton as well, so – that trio really led the charge for Philly. I'll kind of get a start on this one in the sense that I think what we're seeing with Los Angeles, even though they lost this game, I think this general trend where Anthony Davis is more of that focal point and LeBron is a supporting piece, as odd as it is for us, I think that's the recipe for success for them going forward. Uh, Wyatt, would you kind of agree with that, disagree? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I mean – Of course both need to be playing well for them to to succeed, it seems like. And you know, I think I think that is a good option because then, you know, LeBron has more room to work if people are you know, if Anthony Davis is hot and people have to pull into him. But you know, I think that LeBron is getting old Mm. and is Difficult as as it is for uh, him to accept, you know, one of these seasons he is really gonna he he won't be the star player anymore, and and we could argue that that may be now already, and Anthony Davis mm. may have moved past him, but uh, I think currently we're still seeing some some uh, All Star LeBron, you know, or I I should say him being the star on the team, LeBron, although that is being less and less
0: frequent, yeah. You know, you you compare his numbers to last year, they're fairly comparable. You know, it's it's not like he's had a huge regression. Of course, he's a big storyline this season uh, with his chase of Kareem's all-time scoring record. Um, Right. You know, if you're going to take something to be concerned about, it'd be his percentages. Um, His field goal and three-point percentage are the lowest in quite some time. You know, it seems like that's been a trend the last few years where he starts the season, not shooting great percentages and then kind of recovers. So, so it could be, you know, reading it and nothing. He's of course always going to be able to read the game very well. He's going to be able to pass the ball, make plays for others, you know, Mm -hmm. physical body and great size. Even if he's, even if he loses that jump or that athleticism, he can still grab boards. You know, he can play defensively when he feels engaged to do so um you know yeah the scoring and whether he's the focal point I guess is kind of where the the questions come into it um yeah Joel Embiid again great game for Philly kind of led the charge and we can talk more about Joel Embiid uh as we've mentioned with other players once we get into our uh MVP conversation uh let's jump to that next night Saturday night we had A matchup between, we had a finals rematch, and it was uh, actually the first ABC game of the year as the Golden State Warriors dominated home court against the Boston Celtics in that finals rematch. Uh, You look at the game chart, it was a little close in the first, but Golden State pulled away and led through the rest of the game, sort of close in the third. But uh, yeah, for Boston, kind of a a rough game. Jalen Brown played well, 31 points, nine boards, three assists. Uh, Tatum struggled overall, 18 points, uh, under 30% from the floor. Uh, He was good defensively as was Marcus Smart, but they just didn't have that help for Jalen Brown uh, that they've kind of needed. Usually they have Brown and Tatum and they're able to you know, win off of that. Meanwhile, for golden state, uh, Jordan pool starts alongside Curry and Thompson. So they go three guards. Uh, pool has 20 points. Clay Thompson has 34 points and Curry has 32. Um, three pointers made between Curry and Thompson, 15 boards for Kavon Looney and, uh, just a little bit better all around kind of game from golden state. Um, Wyatt, do you think that at this point in the season with the Warriors being, what are they, 14 and 13? Let's double check that. Yeah, 14 and 13, they're ninth in the West standings. Comparing them to what they were you know, just four or five weeks ago, do you think Golden State has righted the ship? Do you think that they're, within the next few weeks, going to be in that kind of top five or six? Or do you think there's maybe still some things that could be improved with this Golden State team?
1: Yeah, I think I mean there's always stuff to improve for sure, and I think we we're seeing that they're uh, playing with some different lineups there and seeing what's what's going to work best for them going forward. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I honestly expect them to to move up in the in the rankings in the West here shortly. I mean they're they're tied with the Mavericks right now for uh, eighth. Well, at least they they have the same record. I should say you know mm-hmm. probably going to pass the Clippers to. And then the Trailblazers and Kings are, I mean, they're all pretty close. Uh, There's a little bit of a jump to the sun. So I I could definitely see them working up to that area here shortly in the next few weeks. Yeah, especially Um, with
0: with Dallas. It seems like they've slipped a little bit these last few weeks for whatever reason. Um, Clippers might be a little bit challenging depending on how effective Kawhi is. Um, right. with his return to the lineup but yeah i think you know golden state definitely has that ability and things definitely seem better as far as i mean there was a stretch where they were getting back into you know more of a winning streak but curry was having to score like 35 every game right and he did score 30 that game but it's not quite that extreme so, so yeah i think it's there's definitely improvement there um And, you know, we'll see if they can kind of sustain that going forward. But, you know, for Boston, this is if you're anticipating Golden State as even with their struggles early as a potential team you'd face in a a finals, if that's your goal is, you know, this Boston team, it's not great to to do this rematch and come up short in the way they did, especially with Tatum, who did struggle through much of that final series, um, so, you know, we'll see. I'm I'm sure they'll play at least once more, or perhaps they already played another point early in the season. Um, but just something to keep in mind as we go forward. Um, we'll right. jump to our last two games. Both of these games came from the Sunday slate, so yesterday's games. Firstly, the New Orleans Pelicans uh, got the second of two straight victories against the Phoenix Suns. This one came in overtime. This was in New Orleans. The Pelicans won 129 to 124. Uh, and that was their seventh straight victory. Um, you check game charts. It was Phoenix controlling in the first half, New Orleans in the second half until it was tied. Then New Orleans pulls away in overtime. Uh, for Phoenix, Chris Paul is back. We've talked about that. 11 assists for him, but his scoring has not been really on track up to this point. Um, they were without Devin Booker in this game. Not sure if they had him the previous game before this, which was also against New Orleans. So it could be something to consider. Um, but regardless, Aiton had 28 points, 12 boards. Mikhail Bridges added 27 points of his own. Meanwhile, for New Orleans, they are led by Zion. 35 points, 8 boards, uh, good percentages. McCollum adds 29. Good to see him back in that lineup uh, Dyson Daniels, the rookie gets the start at point guard. He had 11 points. Um, and yeah, New Orleans just a little bit more solid and showing that kind of grit at the end. Let me check Alvarado. He's, I didn't really have a great stat line. He's kind of the emotional leader for that team. Jose Alvarado, um, grand theft Alvarado. If you've heard that, that's, (laughs) that's one of the great new nicknames. I love that. Um, and then I'll also talk about our our last game, and then we'll see if there's a point you want to talk about with either of these games. Um, we have to talk about this is our last game for our five-on-five five drill. Um, the Atlanta Hawks win at home in overtime against the Chicago Bulls in a thriller back and forth. Um, it was, you know, Trey Young hits a mid-range jumper with just a few seconds remaining to put Atlanta up. Then Chicago, the other end, DeMar DeRozan hits a a crazy shot to put Chicago up. And then Atlanta has under a second left. They throw an alley-oop to A.J. Griffin, the rookie, and he catches it turning away, throws it up, and manages to get it to go in, and they win that game. (laughs) And this is after, two or three weeks ago, he did a similar thing where they ran a you know no timeouts and the other team had just scored Trey Young throws a basically a full court pass to AJ Griffin he catches and you know throws up a layup and makes makes that for a game winner so he's got two crazy alley-oop game winners in the first 9 weeks of his rookie season um so pretty unique stuff uh checking the game charts again so both of these were overtime games pretty close throughout uh, the box score for Chicago, DeRozan led the way again, 34 points, 13 boards, 8 assists. Levine added 21 points. Meanwhile, for Atlanta, uh, Trey Young, 19 points. Bogdanovich off the bench with 28 points. Capella, 15 points, 14 boards. A.J. Griffin had 17 points, so solid game from him. Uh, Wyatt, real quick, is, is there something you want to focus on with either of these games before we shift into our our six men, our points from the other games that are worth talking about.
1: Um, I just think, you know, Pelicans looking strong. You mentioned that they're on a seven game win streak. That's, that's pretty impressive, you know, for, Mm -hmm. for the Pelicans, which have been kind of a quiet, I mean, they've been, they've been in the top conversation, but uh, they've been uh, a little bit of a quieter team until now. Now they've pulled into first in the West and then the Grizzlies right behind them with a six game winning streak. That's, also quite impressive so mm-hmm. it's crazy to see how uh things are changing you know and just in that same vein i just saw the the wizards have lost seven in a row after being like pretty strong a, a couple weeks ago you know they've been doing pretty well and now they're just tanking yeah absolutely um, yeah and, i think uh, i think the pelicans are going to be fun to watch going forward
0: yeah absolutely they've been They've been a great team, especially these last couple of weeks. Um, to your point, you mentioned, yeah, Washington. If you look back at week four, Washington was above New Orleans. Um, yeah. <laughs> they were they were 11, New Orleans was 12, at least as far as what I had them in my power rankings. Um, in week five, I had New Orleans at like 14th. And now, and we'll get to what where we have them now, but they're definitely much higher. I um, know yeah, they've been a very impressive team. Uh, I already kind of mentioned that it's just very unique to have two Oop game winners from your rookie in that short of a span. I'm pretty sure it was AJ Griffin. Um, You know, I'd be interested to see if there's ever been anything like that in the annals of NBA history. Um, Yeah. Great win for Atlanta. If it weren't for that, Chicago could have maybe made some, some bigger moves, but again, we can talk about that uh, later on real quick. Let's uh, hammer through some of these, uh, finer points from the games we didn't talk about from this last weekend. Firstly, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving combined for 67 points uh, on Friday uh, there. I believe they won that game. So that's, that was a big scoring outing for them. And that's kind of been more the rule than the exception at points with Brooklyn, those two scoring big for the for that team to be competitive. Uh, I have a note. So bonus all around uh, on Friday had a big performance let me go ahead and double check what i was talking about sometimes you know you write down a note and you'll think i'll know exactly what i meant by this and then you look back at it later and you're like i know what i meant <laughs> uh yeah so you had 18 points 18 boards six assists three steals two blocks wow. tremendous tremendous game uh and they closed that game on a 19 to 0 run to Take the lead and seal the game against the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, in Cleveland. So that was a big win for them. Um, we talked a little bit about Zion. There was some ruffled feathers and hurt feelings because of a 360 dunk. I think it was a 360 windmill. Yeah, he did in the final seconds. Yeah, you saw it. Um, I actually
1: saw that one. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: know, closing seconds. They already have a lead. He does a crazy dunk, um, and. NBA, there's somewhere on the NBA website where it's controversial dunk. And it's like, contra- okay. Controversial. <laughs> this is a little rant I have to get on for about 10 seconds. Guys get all upset that you, you know, tack on two more points at the end of a game when you're already winning. And it's like, why didn't you get upset when you had a chance to actually win the game, you know, right? <laughs> and put more of an effort in. But that's, you know, that's my take on it. Um, Anyways... Right.
1: And Zion should at least give the crowd something to be excited about, even yeah, if he's getting whipped.
0: You know, <laughs> get <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see the Bucks. Talking about last-second lobs, the Bucs had one of their own. I believe it was to Brook Lopez. They got that in their win on Friday. So exciting stuff for them. Uh, next, the Brooklyn Nets had a big team effort on Saturday. So this is kind of an interesting one. Um, Once again, let me pull this up so I remember what the situation was exactly. But the Nets were without uh, eight key players due to injury, uh, seven or eight. So there was no Durant, no Kyrie, Joe Harris, Claxton. um, Most of their big name guys were out. So their starting lineup was Edmund Sumner, Patty Mills, Dayron Sharp, Markeith Morris, and Kessler Edwards. Hmm. And uh, they still won. They shocked the Pacers, according to NBA.com, despite mass absences. They win that game. Patty Mills is still alive? Yeah, Patty Mills. He's a great (laughs) bench guy.
1: (laughs) Isn't he old?
0: He's not that old. Uh, Um, 136 to... How old is Patty Mills? Let's go on a (laughs) bit. Um... (laughs) Matty Mills. Uh, oh, he's older. He's thirty-four. Okay. So you're yeah, not completely wrong, but yeah, one thirty-six to one thirty-three, they actually win that game for Indiana. They had a big game from Halberton, thirty-five points, but um, yeah, big big stuff from the Brooklyn Nets B team. Twenty points and twelve boards for Daron Sharp, the center. Uh, 24 for Patty Mills, 33 from Cam Thomas off the bench, the second year guard. Um, so that was a big thing for them to be able to pull off. Um, let's see. Another note from I believe this was another Saturday game. Uh, yes. The oh no, sorry. Um, wrong Saturday. There we go. Okay. The Clippers at the Wizards, and since John Wall plays for the Clippers, I believe this, surprisingly enough, it's been two or three years since he played for Washington, Mm -hmm. but I think this is the first time he was active when he played against the Wizards in Washington. Uh, They had a little tribute video for him. They actually gave him kind of a standing O when he uh, was introduced because he started in this game. Wow.
1: So that
0: was – you know, pretty nice gesture from the Washington fans. Um, regardless, uh, wa- the Clippers were able to overcome a big game from Washington's duo of Porzingis and Kuzma. Uh, they had 65 points between them, along with Ooh. 27 combined rebounds. Huge game from those two guys. They didn't have a ton of help outside of that. There was no uh, Bradley Beal in this game. Uh, as well as, I think, one or two other guys. yeah. Meanwhile, for the Clippers, Paul George led the way, 36 points. uh, And five other guys were in double figures, so they won that game. A couple more small notes from Sunday's action before we move on. Uh, In Sunday's game, the Lakers game against the Pistons, there was a great uh, duo performance from LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they combined for 69 points, um, 15 boards for Anthony Davis, along with seven assists. So they had a great game against Detroit. And finally, Joel Embiid had a monster night. And again, this might lead into our MVP discussion later on. Um, He had a great week, but especially last night against the Hornets. He's the only player this season so far to have two 50-point games, 50-point scoring games. Uh, That game against the Hornets, 53 points, 12 boards, and three assists on some pretty tremendous shooting. So that was kind of our last note from outside of those key games that we talked about. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump right into our key news. Let's just run right through these as quick as we can uh, so we can get into uh, some of the more exciting things. Um, I feel like I'm not selling the segment well when I say that. (laughs) not exciting, but it's exciting in its own way it's a unique way um right so firstly uh important news as far as like league i don't know if you call it legislation or uh red tape maybe uh the nba and the players union agree to extend the opt-out deadline for the current collective bargaining agreement or the cba so that there's a little bit of jargon in that um Essentially, from what I've read, they're pushing the deadline to agree whether they'll keep that CBA or not. They'll push that to February. So it gives them more time to negotiate. The current one is set to end after next season. And basically, this is the stuff that figures out how much players get paid of you know teams earnings, you know, like ticket revenue. Merchandise, TV rights, all that kind of stuff, and this the CBA is this kind of stuff that in the past has led to lockouts, like in the the ninety nine season or the twenty twelve season. Um, so you you hope that they can just have a civil you know conversation whenever that time comes they can get a new cba worked out and not have to deal with some kind of a lockout um so it's important to note that stuff right. uh
1: do, do the players really need more money like is this another, <laughs> like pay the poor concession stands staff a little more and <laughs> from our, for your 15 million dollars a year
0: from our working man's perspective we say no but <laughs> i mean it's I'm sure there's more. It's a new more nuanced conversation than that, but uh, yeah,
1: I'm sure it is.
0: Yeah, regardless, uh, it's it's important to keep that in mind going forward. Um, Another thing from this weekend: some unfortunate news. uh, NBA uh, veteran, he was a very solid pro. I think he was an All Star at one point or another, uh, as well as a uh, well-respected coach and successful coach. Paul Silas uh, passed away at the age of 79. Um, I believe that was on Saturday or Friday. Um, so our condolences, of course, to his family. Um, again, he was a, a a legend of the game. Even if he wasn't uh, a championship coach or a you know a, an All Star MVP type player, uh, he was a, a great of the game in multiple ways. He was LeBron James's first head coach in the NBA. Um, you know, coached some teams. Kind of above what they maybe should have been with their talent level. And he's a great personality. His son, of course, Steven Silas, is the head coach of the Houston Rockets. So of course, Gondolts is to him as well as the rest of the Silas family. Um, next, a little bit of a lighter news thing here. Um, I have a question for you. Why what do you think it costs uh, if you as a player hit the basketball into the stands as far as a fine?
1: Uh, uh five thousand less than throwing it into the stands which i think is interesting you've
0: <laughs> <laughs> so spoiled the bit but we'll go with it. <laughs> so so grant williams fined twenty thousand dollars for hitting the ball into the stands right but he just hit it what if you actually threw it a little more velocity right and like you said <laughs> yes twenty five thousand dollars um i i wonder if um the money difference wasn't because of the way they got the ball into the stands, but because of the circumstance. Because Grant Williams, that was a game the Celtics lost, uh-huh. so if they're like, okay, well, we'll only find you twenty thousand because you lost this game, we'll give you a little bit of pity. Um, meanwhile, Trey Young, he threw the ball into the stands because it was he was celebrating that they had won, and actually, he had like a, a tweet he sent out about can't celebrate crap anymore he didn't say crap but um, uh-huh. <laughs> anyway so yeah just a funny note um thanks for stealing the joke but... <laughs> <laughs> i
1: think it's i think it well at least i wonder if it has something to do with uh like salary too like oh it's a percentage thing you know <laughs> That's yeah, a good point. I, I didn't thought think that about was funny, that.
0: Though. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> um, minor transactional news. Um, Miami Heat waive 2 way guard Drew Smith and sign uh, center Orlando Robinson to a 2 way contract. Um, yes, I did say this about two or three weeks ago because they did this exa- same exact transaction. They've been doing this. They did this before, and then they had one where they waived Robinson and signed Drew Smith. So I don't know what they're doing. They they're just decide. like they're, <laughs> they're they're finessing their way into having three guys on two way contracts when you only have two normally, I guess. Which okay, I don't know why it matters. I hold on. Let's. I'm curious about this now. Why why are they so adamant about keeping both of these guys <laughs> on within the <laughs> rotation? Um Drew Smith has played uh oh I guess they're playing more minutes than I thought. Drew Smith has played he's averaged 13 minutes a game. Orlando Robinson averaged 20 minutes a game. So I guess they're they're getting some use out of these guys. Uh right. so so good for them, but just kind of a weird situation. Um right. Unfortunate injury news here. Um Cade Cunningham, who's missed much of the season up to this point, the second year, uh, you know, one of the more promising prospects of the Detroit Pistons. He is going to have season ending surgery on his left shin. Uh so of hmm. course he will not be playing any more games this season. What
1: that's kind of interesting, what you know what he did.
0: I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen uh anything as far as what that injury was. I know that he's been in and out of the lineup. Um so of course, you know, prayers to him, we hope that he's able to recover uh in a speedy fashion, get back on the floor, uh, and also get back to the you know, promising player that he has been up to this point. Um but yeah, just kind of devastating to hear that news and that'll definitely impact how we think about Detroit uh, going forward with the season. Um, Regardless, a couple more small notes that are a little more positive. Uh, Joel Embiid and Zion Williamson named the NBA Players of the Week for the Eastern and Western Conference, respectively. Um, We're going to give you a quick update on the LeBron James scoring tracker. He has 828 more points to go uh, to catch Kareem on the all-time points scored list. And finally, uh, a smaller note, but an important one. Uh, this week on Thursday, there's a good percentage of players who signed free agent deals this summer that will now become eligible to be traded. Um, and it's a little bit more of a smaller headline, but it opens up possibilities for trades if teams feel so inclined. So something to keep an eye out for uh, going forward This these next few weeks. See if teams start getting a little bit anxious even though it's early and see if they want to start trying to make some moves. So uh, just something to keep in mind. Um, Wyatt, any comments on any of that that we haven't talked about before we hop on our game previews for this next week?
1: Uh, No, I just pulled up the LeBron tracker though, you know, 828 points to go.
0: Mm -hmm. I I believe I said uh, that, but close. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like,
1: I was just thinking back to the last time I saw it and it was like 1200 or something. And I'm like, Oh, there he's cutting it down.
0: Yeah. He's getting there. That's exciting. Uh, It's
1: been a record for a long time.
0: Absolutely. It's been since the mid eighties, I believe is when he passed at that time, he passed Wilt Chamberlain to to set that record. Um, So yeah almost 40 years at this point. So probably a record most people thought would never be broken. Mm -hmm. Uh, And LeBron hasn't been broken yet, but LeBron's pretty close. So definitely exciting to watch. Um, Okay. Let's get you set with some previews for this week. Uh, Tomorrow through Friday, Tuesday through Friday, what are the games that you should probably be keeping an eye out for? Uh, All of the times I will give are Eastern standard time. Uh, Let's start with Tuesday. There's five total games on Tuesday. Um, The two main ones to watch out for, of course, are a TNT doubleheader. At 7.30, the Golden State Warriors visit the Milwaukee Bucks. And at 10 o'clock, the Los Angeles Lakers play host to the Boston Celtics. So you have first, you know, (laughs) what beginning of the season probably would have been your uh, early pick for a a finals matchup, if you kind of had to pick at that point. And after that, you have you know, the greatest rivalry in NBA history, uh, Lakers versus Celtics. It'll be a great game to watch out for uh, Wednesday. There's 10 total games and an ESPN double header at 730. The New York Knicks are in Chicago against the Bulls. And at 10 o'clock, the LA Clippers play host to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I've added one more game to uh, keep an eye out for that's on league pass at seven o'clock the Detroit Pistons are on the road in Charlotte against the Hornets. Those are both teams that are not doing so great up to this point in the season. But I think that could be an interesting game to see how their fortunes could change, get worse, stay the same going forward uh, based on how they play each other. And if they can start building some momentum, of course, with Detroit, that looks a little bit different with this new news, but uh, still something to consider Thursday. We have four games. And an NBA TV doubleheader at 8 o'clock, it's the Memphis Grizzlies hosting the Milwaukee Bucks. And at 10.30, the Phoenix Suns visit the L.A. Clippers uh, in Los Angeles. And finally, on Friday, there's 10 games. Another ESPN doubleheader at 7.30, the Golden State Warriors visit the Philadelphia 76ers. And at 10 o'clock, the Los Angeles Lakers play host to the Denver Nuggets. I added one more game on that day as well. On League Pass at 7.30, the Indiana Pacers are in Cleveland against the Cavaliers. Those are two teams that are fairly comparable as far as records and uh, kind of that youth movement. I think it would be interesting to see how both of those teams match up, especially in a divisional kind of heated matchup, Pacers and Cavs in that uh, Midwest division. So that's another game to add to your radar for this week. Wyatt, what of those games, if you had to pick one or two to that you would definitely want to watch going uh forward in this week, what are some games that jump out to you in that slate?
1: Yeah, so Warriors and Bucks, definitely. That's a big that's gonna be a big one. Mm. I also think that like, you know, Bucks and Grizzlies, those are two uh teams that are both in the, you know, near the top of their conferences, both in second in their, in their respective conferences. Mm. I, I like the Lakers. So like the Celtics Lakers game is, is, uh, appealing to me. And then I think the Warriors and 76ers would be fun because, you know, you have the Warriors that are of course, you know, more focused around their guards. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, you had 30 points from each of their, uh, you know, star guards, Steph Clay and Jordan Poole. And then you got the 76ers who, you know, have hardened, but their their game has largely been uh, going through Embiid, mm. who, you know, so it'd just be fun to see how, you know, bigs versus guards goes in that game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you mentioned uh, Bucks Grizzlies, kind of similar, but more like, you know, that one on one matchup. Giannis right. versus Morant right you know of I'm, course it's interesting because if they were same body sizes they'd probably be very comparable players in some aspects um but yeah they they kind of play in similar ways as far as driving inside dominating the paint uh very Giannis unique just in Morant's
1: case <laughs> just yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah, absolutely. But Morant's athleticism almost kind of makes up for it in some ways. I mean, he's been he's been incredible for the last year or two. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would agree a lot of those same games. Of course, Celtics Lakers always catches your eye at least a little bit even if there's a time where the teams one or one or both teams aren't doing as well. You know, there's just such a great history to that matchup. I'd also mm-hmm. be interested in this Knicks Bulls matchup. You know, and it's not the same, but back in the 90s you know those were some some dogfights Knicks Bulls right. you know and that was a very physical league and especially Knicks and Bulls were very physical teams um, you know people think pistons all the time and that's true but like Knicks and Pacers and Bulls they were all in that same mix of those real physical squads and it's not the same teams but you wonder if shades of that matchup and that sort of rivalry could maybe creep back in so that would be a game I'd keep it yeah. that for
1: I've always wondered about that too like how how prevalent are rivalries and stuff in today's Nba with with the frequency of movement and you know the of course the history that's happened since their mm. real rivalries when when players stuck with the team and they were they were kind of with that team a little more consistently than than in today's game
0: yeah absolutely I mean recent rivalries of course we did have Warriors, Cavs. That's probably the yeah. the standout rivalry from the last ten years. And you know, there was a time where Celtics, Cavs was good. Celtics, Wizards. The, um, the
1: Heat and the Spurs was kind of a
0: Heat, Spurs was great. Yeah. Um, Warriors, Clippers for a little bit there was good too. But but yeah, I think within the last two or three years, it really has not been the same. And probably player movement is a big part of that. Um, you know, I think there's just kind of a different different atmosphere as far as how players approach each other. You know, there was probably an attitude with a lot of teams before, you know, the mid-2000s where coaches did not want you, you don't you don't fraternize with the enemy, you know, and right. you forget those guys and they, you do not, you know, have fun with them and And if you talk to them, it's trash talk, and that attitude has totally shifted, and that's probably part of it, too. Um, Right,
1: and you, you bring up coaches, and I think that, you know, that might even be playing a bigger role, because, like, you know, traditionally, a coach sticks with a team for a long time, and, you know, I could see them feeding those rivalries for years as they... As they have always, you know, competed against this team, this one team, you know, and they kind of fuel that rivalry, and it, mm. it like seeps into the players. But maybe it's just me. But now it seems like coaches are getting fired and re- replaced left and right, and maybe yeah. there's a little less of that rivalry and whatnot carrying on. But maybe it's always been that way, and I just haven't paid that much attention to the coaches. But
0: yeah, I think with most sports. There is a general trend for coaches getting fired a little bit more quickly than maybe they did in the past. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a part of it too. But yeah, we won't get into the um, back in my day, they you know, because we don't want to be the the old man on the porch. Here, <laughs> yeah, <but. laughs> and we're like
1: early twenties, so
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we won't won't go that far. But okay, I think that takes us through um, kind of our information part of this well but now we shift into kind of our more uh opinionated type conversations and that starts with our power rankings um i think the last few weeks i've just had you start why do you want to do it that same way where you start or should we start it in some sort of a, a different format do you want me to start it or what do you think
1: uh i can start unless you unless you want to uh
0: okay no you 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 feel ready you go ahead
1: okay yeah, so I have some consistency in my top pack again. You know, Celtics, Bucks, Nuggets, Cavs, none of them have moved in my power rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Grizzlies moved up a few spots, and the Pelicans moved up a couple of spots. Not as much as um, you maybe would have guessed based on their movement in the Western Conference. Like, they're in yeah. first now. They're on a seven-game winning streak. I moved them up um, two Six spots, overall. and they're in, they're in sixth. Overall, yeah, which okay. I, you know, they may surprise me and, and continue this, but I I kind of think they won't advance past some of these <clears throat> other teams that I have ranked above them as far as long-term, like, playoffs and whatnot go.
0: Okay, so, so for those of you that are new, um, Wyatt and I tend to take a little bit of a differing approach to our power rankings. Wyatt looks more long-term, what he thinks is sustainable. I will adjust a little bit more according to what has happened in the current moment, but um, neither approach is right or wrong. I think, you know, he has some valid points and, you know, there are some concerns with New Orleans. So, so I'll let you keep going, but yeah, just to keep that in mind.
1: Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So then the Suns have dropped a few spots, you know, they're down four. I think that's reasonable. I think they might even continue to go down. I don't know, it, we'll see what happens as Chris Paul, but just the mm. the injury stuff that they've been dealing with has kind of made it hard for them to sustain themselves. Yeah. Uh Brooklyn moved up eight spots for me, pretty significant for them. Uh mm. and they've been one of those teams that have been riding lower in my rankings than I have wanted them to be, you know, throughout mm. the the season and I I kept like waiting for them to make their move and move up to where I I kind of feel like they should be and I think they're about there here in eighth uh I, I wouldn't even I you know I kind of expect them to move up above the suns and uh and the Pelicans as well we'll see about that but yeah. I, I think the Nets are figuring some stuff out and could be good if you know Kyrie's always a wild card like he may decide not to play for 10 more weeks or something. You know, you just you never know with that guy or get banned because he says something stupid. Um other than that, you know, nothing too crazy. Pacers, Hawks, and Jazz moved down, rip jazz because you know, Carson and I are here in Utah. Yep. And you know, (laughs) they were off to such a strong start, and now they are down to tenth in the West, which is you know about what we expected, but yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's not fun to see. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nick's moved up a a few spots. Wizards tanked, mm-hmm. um, and you know that's about it for my power rankings. Consistent group in the bottom. Consistent group in the top. A couple of big movers, but nothing too crazy throughout right. the middle section there.
0: And your top five is pretty solid, except the Grizzlies take the spot of the Suns, which I think, you know, it's pretty fair. And you definitely have to have Grizzlies in that, that conversation of top five or, you know, top six or seven. So yeah, I think overall, this is pretty solid, especially, you know, with that long-term outlook and what you kind of predict could happen. I think it's pretty, pretty well done. Good job, Wyatt. Thank Um, you. (laughs) (laughs) Just a small comment on the whole Kyrie thing, never knowing what he's going to do. He had some Instagram post today where it was like, some image it looked like a tool album cover and it was like um i'm tired of this human or this human costume is getting boring or something and it's like oh my gosh dude (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know is he a lizard (laughs) (laughs) it was like it was like the the body falling aside and like some light lit up like Ethereal figure coming out of oh, the okay. <laughs> it was Like, uh, you, you do, you, man. But um,
1: <laughs> you have an interesting fellow
0: for sure. Um, for me, pretty similar trends throughout, with some some minor differences. I did move New Orleans up to three. NBA's power rankings had them up to two. They had them even wow. higher um, above the Bucks. Above the Bucks, yeah. Wow. And I couldn't quite put them there yet. I mean. First in the West is certainly nothing to sneeze at, especially considering the tradition of how strong the Western conference is. Um, But Milwaukee, they still went three and one. They've, you know, been solid, even if they've had maybe some concerns as far as Giannis with some play recently, but, you know, I would keep them there. I have Memphis at four instead of, uh, you know, so instead of at three, like you did, but they're still kind of in that same group. Cleveland and then Denver at six. Brooklyn, or sorry, Phoenix, I think, is like in that same spot that you had them. Uh, They fell four spots. And Brooklyn right below them. I think we had the same there. Uh, Brooklyn made a huge jump for both of us. Uh, Sacramento stays the same. Philadelphia jumps up a little bit. Uh, Golden State, Atlanta, and Utah all fall. Atlanta fell hard. They fell seven spots. Uh, The Jazz fell three. They're about middle of the pack for me at this time uh yeah new york jumps up 5 chicago jumps up 3 if chicago had won that game against atlanta they probably could have jumped up near you know new york in that same group um uh meanwhile yeah washington falls another 2 they're just above you know when i'm doing these power rankings it's kind of like okay the last few weeks okay Celtics and bucks one and two cuz they haven't really moved from that top record group right and then the bottom five has been a lumped mass that's shifted in the order, but it's been Rockets, Spurs, Magic, Hornets, Pistons. Right, and that's been all season. Basically. All season basically, it's been that those five. Um, yeah. This week, Detroit moves back to the bottom, and especially with that devastating news about Cunningham, you know that outlook does not look great for them. Mm. Meanwhile, Charlotte falls three spots to second to last. They went zero and four. And you know, I thought they had Lomelo back, but it maybe is back and the team's just not responding well. Meanwhile, Orlando's gelling a little more now that Bancaro's more consistent in the lineup. San Antonio San Antonio was won uh their last two and they might have even won tonight
1: actually. Yeah, they did win tonight. They
0: did win tonight. So they've they've got a little bit of a positive streak going there. And Houston went two and one last week as well. So they jumped up. Uh, But yeah, otherwise pretty similar for both of us. I don't think there's too much, uh, too much difference. Just, yeah, Brooklyn had a great week, New Mm -hmm. Orleans making big moves. Um, And yeah, some, some minor changes throughout. Uh, Again, we'll have to see how things shake out this next week. It's always fun to, to see week to week, what teams are doing, what moves they're making. Um, But regardless, let's shift into, uh, Our MVP conversation, and I grabbed the trophy. We're still not a video podcast, so I don't know why I feel the need to grab the trophy. But (laughs) we have our lovely, crystalline, opaque trophy that we uh, award to each week's MVP uh, based on their performance in the games that week. The primary factors we look for, of course, are their traditional stats, but also lately we've focused on uh, plus-minus and we only pick players that have winning records throughout the week. Um, this week, there was one player technically with a winning record. I didn't include simply because he only played one game. And I felt like that wasn't a substantial enough sample <laughs> size to go, to go off of. So uh, right. so we have our 10 players picked that we can uh, pick from as far as our week 8 MVP. We've picked seven MVPs up to this point. Pick our MVP for week 8. Our candidates this week are Joel Embiid. Kyrie Irving, Zion Williamson, Kevin Durant, Julius Randall, DeMar DeRozan, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nicole Jokic, and D'Angelo Russell. And about five of these names, half of these are usually the same guys in some sort right. of shuffled order, but uh, up to this point, we've had a different person every week. Uh, but we'll have to see what we <laughs> are feeling this week as far as a winner. Wyatt, what are your first thoughts looking at the candidates for this week or this last week.
1: Yeah, I mean our top two are both really strong. Embiid and Irving. Really impressive stats. And I know Embiid has been a um MVP for us. Has Irving as well? He hasn't, has he? Uh
0: no Kyrie Irving has not been an MVP up to this point.
1: Okay. So yeah uh Embiid would be a repeat. Irving would be new. Um I think you know those are the standouts to me. And I think it's it's kind of funny, uh, Irving got two blocks, more than Embiid, with, <laughs> yeah. who had one, and then Embiid got one steal compared to Irving, zero, which, you know, you'd kind of expect the opposite on those numbers, so that's kind of interesting.
0: When I was copying the stats, I had to double-check and make yeah. sure that, that was correct. I was, I, like, I was Did going I copy to ask
1: this wrong like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, should those be swapped? But
0: no, apparently. Yeah, that's kind over of funny. Two, two games, he had two blocks a game. I don't know why, but um, yeah, no, I think those those are definitely the two standouts. Of course, as far as you know, scoring alone, but they've also had great games or great averages throughout their stat line. Um, mm-hmm. When I was looking at this, I'm kind of leaning towards, and I normally don't care that much for the whole triple double argument especially the triple double average thing cuz it was so special until Westbrook did it 3 years in a row right <laughs> and yeah. then and then everyone immediately realized oh it doesn't really matter that much when your team doesn't win in the playoffs and you know it was like a fifth seed yeah and I'm especially not... <laughs> now
1: that Westbrook has been terrible <laughs> it's like yeah oh i guess if he can do it <laughs>
0: <laughs> no yeah um but when you look at Jokic's stat line, I mean, 27.7, nearly 28 points a game, 10 boards and 10 assists over three games, averaging 10 assists, you know, we impressive. know he, yeah, we know he's going to do it, but it's still impressive. Um, And he was solid defensively too—one 1.7 blocks and 0.7 steals without being a foul liability, you know, 1.7 right. fouls per game. And so for me, looking at it, I would tend to lean towards Jokic in this case, as odd as that may seem. And maybe it's that bias of not wanting to have a repeat winner quite yet, because mm-hmm. if that wasn't hanging over my head, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards Joel Embiid. I mean, 43 points and 10 boards a game is remarkable for the three game stretch.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah, it's, forty-three over three games is ridiculous for sure.
0: It's it's great for one game, level yeah. three. <laughs> so um so I don't know. That's kind of where I, I'm between the two the two centers at this point. Um mm. why what are your thoughts on that?
1: See, I was leaning most toward toward Kyrie Irving. Okay. Uh you know, he's by he's the smallest guy on this uh list we have here. But he got eight boards a game, you know, which is That's a good point. Which is pretty impressive. And you know, six assists, which is pretty freaking good. Doncic and, and Jokic um are the only ones above him on that. And I guess KD tied him. Mm-hmm. Nice for them to be able to pass, you know, get easy assists to each other. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, three and a half turnovers, which you know it, it's kind of a lot, but as far as point guards go, that's that's pretty good. Um, it's not terrible, yeah. Right. So he's actually where I'm leaning. Okay. But like, yeah, Jokic's numbers are super impressive, and so so are Embiid's. Like, really, the points thing for Embiid's. I mean, I mean, the other thing is things are like, you know, Embiid should be getting ten boards a game. I think, <laughs> like, yeah, pretty easily. The assist, 3.7, you know, is, is good for a, a center, but mm. also, like, you know, he's he's their huge force, so as people are collapsing on him, I think it's, it's pretty easy for him to dish and get some easy assists. Yeah. But the points is, like, chill out, dude. Holy cow.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think we should also consider Randall in this conversation. I mean, New York went undefeated in the week and 30, right 31 and 10 is pretty solid um Fowls are you know maybe not as great as you like to see but low turnovers he's a low turnover guy in this whole uh in this whole group so mm-hmm. what well, could be worth considering um i don't know are we feeling like should we maybe just do like a, a first second and third pick and do points that way instead of yeah, let's player. do that. I think okay. that'd be
1: a uh, that'd make more sense considering who we're uh leaning toward in this system yeah. here.
0: <laughs> so my my first pick would be oh geez, no I don't know who my first pick is. Um my first pick would be Jokic, my second pick would be Embiid, and then my third pick would be Randall.
1: Okay. Uh so my first pick is Irving. Um. Boy, second pick. You know, my 2 and 3 are going to be Embiid and Jokic. I just don't know which one I'm leaning toward <laughs> to go next. I I'm going to go Jokic 2 and Embiid 3. Okay. Just because Embiid averaged four personal fouls. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, and Irving was only one and Jokic was 1.7. Okay. And, you know, the points are really hard to, like, not just immediately say Embiid, but I'm actually going to put him third and Jokic is second.
0: Okay. Okay, so... What does that mean? Does that mean between us... Because if I had Jokic first, would that make Jokic like our pick? Or are we? I, I think know.
1: so because he'd have three points. Embiid has five, right? You had him as two, and I had him at three. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Right, I guess low points is the. Yeah,
1: so I guess Jokic would be.
0: I mean, I'm. He was my first pick, but I don't want to. You know strong army into agreeing to Jokic.
1: No, I don't... I mean... Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) It's hard (laughs) to choose. Because, you know, Irving was my first pick, and, you know, I feel like... I feel like he warrants some... uh, consideration for sure, but Jokic is in the same... you know, the same vein. He also... (laughs)
0: the problem is these are all right. great players yeah exactly <laughs> that's the problem well and we're we're kind of both playing that game of we don't know if we want a repeat winner yet right let, yeah. let's be let's be real with ourselves if we didn't care about a okay let's let's clean slate we don't care about a repeat winner who is our winner
1: right it it's pretty hard to not say Embiid.
0: Exactly. So, should we just yeah. lock that in and forget this whole repeat player thing?
1: <laughs> we could. for For the listeners, we had previously talked about, uh, you know, kind of leaning away from repeating unless there was a, a super obvious repeater and and no real contenders, just right. for the sake of a, uh, sake of change. But, you know, this of course we come across a week that like, are they stand out? Or maybe is there a competitor, and so we we've been uh, struggling with this decision here.
0: <laughs> so where does that leave us? Because we've got, I mean, we're kind of saying that if we if we weren't holding ourselves back from doing a repeat pick, then we'd both probably lean Embiid, right? I mean, like you said, the points. If we're going just close. off points, it'd be. It'd be it would be close because there are some great candidates.
1: Yeah, but. I would I would honestly probably say Irving one and Embiid two if we disregarded the the uh repeat thing.
0: Yeah, and and in all honesty, I'd probably put Embiid first in that case.
1: Right. Only, and and then Jokic second, and week. Jokic
0: second. So then, so then that would make Embiid our MVP for this week
1: for sure. All so right. Do,
0: so let me ask you: Do you feel better about Embiid than Jokic for this week's MVP?
1: These guys are all playing so well; they are. <laughs> it's, it, it's hard to say. Uh, but yeah, probably. I mean yeah. the the assists are heavily in Jokic's favor, and yeah. I'd like to see Embiid getting some more. But
0: well, and Jokic was a little bit of a better defensive player. Yeah. Less fouls, less turnovers. This is probably closer than closer than we want to think.
1: You know, more blocks too for Jokic. Yeah.
0: And he hasn't won yet.
1: Right. <laughs> <that's Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> if we bring that back in, you know. We, we
0: bring it back in. If we just want to go back and forth with this for yeah. the next hour. But actually.
1: Irving, look at the but <laughs> <If it laughs> Irving. Two blocks, point guard, the dude's 6'3". <laughs> but DeMar
0: DeRozan, really. Um...
1: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let, this. Let's is...
0: bring up the stats page again. Let's make sure we're not missing somebody. Um, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is tough. Because, I mean, honestly, I see the Kyrie argument too, and not to pull it back into there, but it probably at this point would then be between Embiid and Jokic, right?
1: Uh, without Irving, like you're saying, you you don't consider Irving as high.
0: I wouldn't consider him above Jokic and Embiid this week. Okay, but again, I don't I don't want to be all. I, your decision is crap because that's not what I'm meaning to say. I just right think Jokic and Embiid are a little bit of a higher higher pick.
1: Yeah. Embiid. You know, I'm just offended. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> the, also, the poll for me on Irving is like he is a great player, and I expect to see him back in the candidates.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I know Embiid and Jokic are going to be in the candidates every week, <laughs> so it's that's, like
0: that's a good point. But then we're getting into the trap of like the regular season MVP, where it's like they, they could give it. You know, there was a stretch where LeBron could have won it eight years in a row, right? Uh huh. But it's like, well, you know, or like the first while of his career, I mean, it took him till like 2009 or 2010 to get his first MVP. And it was probably those first couple of years where he could won it, could have won it, was like, well, we know he's going to get a bunch, let's give it to somebody else.
1: Oh, you know yeah. I mean? So. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: So, you know, do I we fall into that trap?
1: Yeah, let's call it, I'm good with Jokic.
0: I was going to say, I if, if we call it, I think I think Jokic is, Jokic is a good pick because he's new, but he's also, like, he's always going to be deserving. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Kyrie's going to be in this conversation at some point again. Like you said, Jokic and Embiid are a little more certain, but, yeah. Are we doing the final call, Jokic?
1: Yeah, let's do Jokic.
0: Okay, here we go. Let's do our... I, I was telling Wyatt this, and again, it'd be great if I could show you, but we're at a tricky part with the trophy now, where we're riding on the the handle part of it, and so this is going to be a little bit of uh, interesting, you know, hope I don't mess up, but...
1: Right. and You know, that handle really contributed to the elevated cost of our trophy, because having a an artist is really what they are, They're able to mm-hmm. carve crystal like that, that that uh thin is just you know we, we put we a lot to, of money into this into this trophy here
0: we had to take and take it to a, a glass blower in italy and he
1: absolutely
0: <laughs> blew the this was a, a one-off number um and then we just managed to find it miraculously <laughs> at di for about two dollars <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um yeah so we've locked it in officially it actually the name turned out i'll show it to Wyatt here on camera name turned out a little better than i thought oh uh,
1: yeah that is that is good
0: uh yes our official week eight mvp after much deliberation uh denver Nuggets center nicole Jokic. congratulations joker uh we've got your trophy here whenever you want to swing by he's actually closer than most of these guys so if he wants yeah. to swing by from denver you could to pick that up that'd be great um Okay, let's go ahead and run through our uh, this day in history closing fact here. Uh, this day in history, I actually our first few from this week are all from the '80s, so just kind of an interesting note. But this this one today, December twelfth, this one comes from nineteen eighty eight, uh, with a one ten to ninety four loss to Utah at the Salt Palace. The Miami Heat set an NBA record for the most consecutive games lost at the start of a season with 17. Uh, <laughs> the L.A. Clippers opened the lockout-shortened 1998-1999 season with 17 straight defeats, which tied the Heat's mark. So, kind of a dubious distinction there. Um, Losers. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> you know, I want to say, and, and I'm going to – eat up some more time here because now I want to fact check this. I want to say this was also the Heat team that lost by like 60 to the Cavs. <laughs> I want to double check this. Uh, let's see. Uh, game log. Because that was the biggest margin of defeat before last season. The Grizzlies and the Thunder, I think it was, and the Grizzlies absolutely throttled the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, is there an easy way I can see margin of defeat? There is not. So I'm going to have to just manually scan for Cleveland here. Um, so this is going to be a very exciting portion of the show for our listening audience. <laughs> um, <laughs> just because I was curious about it. No, it wasn't that same season. Actually, I I swore it was, but um, maybe it was the next season. See, now I'm just. This is what happens, and especially if you're a a stat fan.
1: It was ninety-one.
0: Oh, was it? Oh, you just googled it. Yeah, that'd be (laughs) that'd be an easier way to look, wouldn't it? Um, Sixty-eight points. Yeah, sixty-eight points was the margin. What was the? If you want to look up the Grizzlies Thunder game, what was that margin? Because that one was pretty close, I want to say. Meanwhile, I have the seventy
1: three.
0: That one was seventy-three. Man, mm-hmm. that was crazy. I didn't see that one live, but I caught the highlights like that night and it was just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I I, that- I remember seeing, you know, because I, I had the uh like the stats come up on my phone. I have them set to to show the, the scores. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy cow, 152 to 79. I mean, of course I can't pull that number off the off the top of my head. I'm looking at it, but I remember I was gonna say, a, a giant deficit <laughs> and, and being shocked.
0: I was thinking why it was our new Jerry Lucas here. <laughs> Next he's gonna read he's gonna tell us a phone book. The, yeah. <laughs> the whole first page but um yeah crazy stuff um i'm sure that one will come up at some point in our this day in history too but um right okay anything else uh we wanted to talk about why was there anything from this last week that we didn't give a chance to talk about that you would be interested in in bringing up or are we we good
1: yeah i don't have anything
0: okay perfect well with that uh again i well, on uh both of our behalf I want to thank you all for listening um it's a great pleasure doing this show um of course enjoy being joined by Wyatt uh on Mondays uh yeah it's great to have you um and it's always great to have Justin as well on on Wednesdays like I've said in the past we're hoping to get one or two more co-hosts um if not on a weekly basis uh you know for kind of a once in a while guest appearance um one of one of mine and Wyatt's good friends we've chatted with him we're hoping he'll be able to get on at some point in the near future um but regardless thanks again for all of you for listening and uh we'll catch you next time